Our second lesson today comes from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 19, starting with verse 28. After he had said this, he went on ahead, going up to Jerusalem. When he had come near Bethphage and Bethany, at the place called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of the disciples, saying, Go into the village ahead of you, and as you enter it, you will find a colt there that has never been ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, why are you untying it? Just say this, the Lord needs it. So those who were sent departed and found it as he had told them. And as they were untying the colt, its owners asked him, why are you untying the colt? And they said, the Lord needs it. And they brought it to Jesus. And after throwing their cloaks on the colt, they set Jesus on it. As they rode along, people kept spreading their cloaks on the road. As he was now approaching the path down from the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of the disciples began to praise God joyfully with loud voice for all of the deeds of power that they had seen, saying, Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord, peace in heaven and glory in the highest heaven. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to him, Teacher, order your disciples to stop. And he answered, I tell you, if these were silent, the stones would shout out. The word of the Lord. So I love Holy Week. Yes, more than Evan and Christmas, I love it. Because this week captures the entirety of our faith in seven days. This week will take us from the height of Jesus' popularity through his death and then, spoiler alert, his resurrection back to life on Easter. It's a roller coaster of a week. And I know about roller coasters. This past week, our family spent spring break in Disneyland. And one of the rides there is Space Mountain, which is honestly among my least favorite. Even though I used to teach astronomy and I love gazing at the night sky, the reason it's my least favorite is because Space Mountain is a roller coaster in the dark. Like pitch black dark. And that's actually not the hard part. The hard part is that the dark means you don't know where the track is going. You have no idea when a drop or a sharp turn is coming, so you can't orient yourself at all. And for someone like me, that means you get horribly motion sick. It doesn't happen as much on a track when I can see it because I can focus my sight on a spot and then it doesn't jar my brain quite so badly and I don't end up with a headache. But in Space Mountain, you can't orient to anything. So you just have to let the jolts happen to you and you don't know which way it's going to throw you or what's going to happen next. Now today's scripture depicts Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem when all of his friends and followers are celebrating. They are shouting so loud they cannot be silenced. They have learned the new way of Jesus and they are all bought in. However, they have also internalized a political outcome that was not part of the plan. Jesus was not there to be a king or lead a revolution of state. He was there to present a new way to be 
for both those in power and those without to be able to live in communion with one another. He was there to teach those who were oppressed a form of subversive resistance that has continued to be practiced throughout history all the way to Martin Luther King. A radical love of your oppressor. And he was there to wake the privileged and to open their eyes to the very real harm that was being caused to those that they were oppressing. And throughout his ministry, people from both ends of this power structure came to follow him all the way to this bright morning in Jerusalem. But in the course of time, they would lose faith. They would deny him. They would betray him. They would abandon him. Like riding a roller coaster in the dark, they couldn't see where the twists and turns were going to take them, and they lost sight of how to love him. And I suppose that we could just let that be the lesson. That now that we know the whole story, we can forgive them of their lapses. And there are many, uh, there are some in my family, not me, but some, who have ridden Space Mountain enough times that they know when the twists and turns will come. And they know when the photo is going to snap so they can pretend like they're sleeping or make a funny face. So there is definitely much to be learned by experience, even in the dark. However, in these past few weeks, months, and years, I've been contemplating a lot on how frequently we, those who call ourselves Christian, know the ending, but still act like we don't know how to love him. The song that Annika sang today comes from Jesus Christ Superstar, and it's Mary Magdalene's song of this exact conflict. That saying yes to Christ is just as terrifying as saying no. Following the shooting of those who had entered a mosque for daily prayer in New Zealand, a shooting by someone who claimed not only racial superiority, but religious Christian superiority, there were some who used this as an explanation of their own rejection of their Christian faith. I have known people who reject their Christian faith on grounds of colonialism, homophobia, sexism, sex abuse scandals, spiritual abuse, monetization. You name it, I have talked with people who've walked away from their churches, their denominations, and yes, from Jesus entirely. And it's hard to argue against. Christianity does have a lot of blood on its hands. And the murder in that mosque was one of our brothers who had definitely lost how to love Jesus. And we have allowed the message of our faith to become corrupted. Yet, those who walk away from Christianity are allowing those loud shouts to fall into silent whispers of a forgotten past. 
Lisa Sharon Harper, a womanist theologian, tweeted this in response to someone who engaged her on Twitter about why they had left Christianity following the New Zealand shooting. She wrote, when you walk away from Jesus, you are not hashtag woke. You are operating out of the white supremacy you say you abhor. When you walk away from Jesus and the Christian faith to be woke, you're walking away from a faith that sprang from brown, indigenous, colonized people. You're walking away from faith born on the underside of empire in the context of oppressed peoples. You're walking away from the faith of enslaved people who found such profound liberation in Jesus that they broke laws to gather together and worship in trees. You're walking away from a faith that ignited ecclesiological resistance. Christianity is the liberating religion of the enslaved. What she's getting at here is that when we reject our relationship with Jesus, when we walk away from our faith as a way of turning against a political or power system that we stand opposed to, then we're doing exactly what those who heralded Jesus into Jerusalem did. Those people wanted Jesus to be a specific kind of king and to bring liberation in a specific kind of way. When we walk away from our faith, it's often because we are so hurt, angry, and affronted by our brothers and sisters that we have abandoned both the commandments that Jesus left to us, to love God and to love one another. Now this Lenten season, we have spoken frequently about taking this time to reorient and turn back towards the source of love, hope, and healing. And Palm Sunday is the day that we start to see how we end up turning away in the first place. We turn away because we hurt. We turn away because we're afraid. We turn away because we deny. And we turn away because we have forgotten how to love him. So let the course of this holy week be an intentional end to this season of reflection. In each of our services this week, it shows that path. Maundy Thursday will allow us to sit with intention around these new commandments and the new covenant that we have entered into with, with Jesus. Good Friday allows us to fully grieve the loss of love itself and gives us the time to be in that space of unknowing and to take into our understanding the depths our unloving can reach. And then on Easter, we, we learn that no matter how dark it gets, no matter how sudden the twists, drops, and turns of the roller coaster of life gives us, that Jesus did, does, and will conquer over all of that darkness. This week is my favorite week because we need to push ourselves every year to remember 
what our relationship with Jesus is all about. That while we may not know how to love him, Christ knows exactly how to love us. We read it in scripture. We hear it proclaimed in song. We feel it in prayer. We take it in every time we come to the table. Christ loves us to new life. We may forget how to love him, but the rocks and stones themselves will sing out, and we are turned around. We can be changed. Yes, really changed. And we can begin to love him and each other again. Please pray with me. Gracious God of love, you guide us through all of the twists and turns. You hold us up. You stand beside us, even when we're not 100% sure that you're there. You stand, and you carry, and you hold, and above all, you love. Help us to expand ourselves, our spirit, our heart, and to be able to feel that love so that we can gather together again next week and celebrate the pure joy that you have conquered the darkness. In your holy name we pray. Amen.